KYW Original Podcasts. I'm very happy to be joined on the line by Ray Didinger to break down last night's 23-9 Eagles victory over the Cowboys. The Eagles won, but it was not good football at all. Ray used to work at NFL Films where they stored generations of NFL classics and classic good football. So, Ray, my first question is, where does a game like last night go in the storage area of NFL Films? Oh, they have a they have a whole section in the NFL Films archives reserved for football follies. You know that for for years that was one of the most for years that was one of the most popular series that they would do. It was the, the, the highlight film every year. The, the football follies film was one of the most was one of the most popular ones that they did. So um, they have that on store, and I guarantee you that's if they take last night's game film, that's the shelf you're going to put it on. Because that's what, that's, that's what it was. I mean, it was wall-to-wall, 60 minutes of football follies. Well, you called it on NBC Sports Philadelphia's post-game show last night. And you've had some, you've had some very memorable rants, kind of rants, on, on, on uh, Eagles post-game live over the years that you've done it. And I think last night goes in the same category as reality check. You called it... Uh, I want to make sure that I get this correct. You called it flat out pitiful. <laughs> what led to you using those words? <laughs> I also called it a stink bomb, if yeah, I recall you did, right. You did yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It was it, it, well. It was it was everything really. I mean, it was it was the performance top to bottom. Um, uh, it was it was. I said it with the awareness of of who you were playing. Largely, it was in the context of who you were playing because uh, the Dallas Cowboys are just are just pitiful. I mean, they're just, they're just a pitiful team. Um, they're the worst defense in football. Uh, and they had an offense that was being run by a seventh round draft pick rookie. Uh, I mean, they were, um, they were just a terrible football team. They were terrible coming in and they were terrible going out and you played down to their level for the, you know, for four quarters. So yeah, that's, that's what it was. I mean, you know, you, as bad as the Cowboys were and as crippled as they were on offense, you know, they averaged 3.4 yards per snap, which is just awful. And the Eagles weren't much better. They averaged 3.8 yards per snap. Um, you know, they had 11 possessions, and they really only succeeded on two of them. I mean, they had two failed fourth downs. They turned the ball over four times against the 32nd-ranked defense in the league. So, yeah, I mean, it, was, I, it wasn't what I expected. You know, I really didn't. I thought it would be – I didn't expect it to be an artistic triumph because of the nature of the two teams. They're just not that. But I thought that the Eagles would come in and really dominate this game pretty much from the beginning uh, and win comfortably. Uh, I didn't expect them to be playing, a, a, you know, huffing and puffing into a one-score game with five minutes to go. Now, okay, they come out of it with a win. They're 3-4-1, and one, and they're in first place in this awful division going into their bye week. But it wasn't the kind of night that made you feel better about the season as a whole or give you a whole lot of optimism moving forward into the second half of the year. It was just, to me, it was a night that just raised more questions. So I, I think the, the answer to this next one is pretty obvious. What happens last night, Ray, if the Eagles play like they did against a team that is even slightly and remotely better than the Dallas Cowboys? They can't win. You know, I mean, if, if um, I mean, I don't want to make it all about one guy, but it really, if Carson Wentz plays the way he played last night against some of the teams that they have coming up, against the Saints and against the Packers and even against the Browns, and 
Uh, I mean, some of the teams that uh, that are waiting for them down the road, the Seattle Seahawks, they can't win those games. If, they're, if, if the quarterback's turning the ball over four times, they can't beat those teams. You know, you're able to you're able to beat the weaklings in your own division by playing that sloppy, but you can't beat the other teams in your schedule. And you know, that's kind of that's that's kind of the the truth of the matter. I, you know, that's that's the part that's really that's the part that's really the most disturbing about this. And I thought I really thought that <clears throat> that Wentz was kind of tracking in the right direction. Uh, you know, if, if you looked at his quarterback efficiency rating, uh, it had gone up. Each of the previous three weeks, I mean, it was 75.7 against Pittsburgh. It went up to 84.7 against Baltimore. Even though you lost those games, uh, Wentz was starting to play better. Um, then he had the really good finish in, against the Giants, where he brings you back, and his quarterback rating is 91.1. So everything is sort of the arrow is certainly pointing up. And going into a game against a really bad defensive team like the Cowboys, I thought. Okay, you know, Wentz is going to take that Giants game, that fourth quarter of the Giants game, and use that as kind of a springboard, and you know, and sort of move himself and the whole team forward. And we didn't get that at all last night. I mean, they got a win, but you came away with maybe even more questions about the quarterback than you had going in. Well, that's the thing. The, the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz, compensated Carson Wentz as if he's a franchise quarterback. They have committed to Wentz as if he's that guy. But, Ray, how alarming, surprising, concerning, all of the above is the way he's performed this season and specifically last night? Um, alarming is a good word. Uh, it, it, it is because you really – this team can't move forward and this team can't really think in terms of being a true contender, like contending for a championship, uh, if he continues to play the way he's playing. Um, it, it, you just can't. I mean, you can't. Serve, I mean, you're right now. I mean, he's he's thrown 12 interceptions through half the season, which means he's on pace to throw 24. Um, and you, you add in the fumbles. I mean, right now they've turned the ball over 17 times uh, already this year, and a lot of it just traces back to him. Uh, and you can't really think about kind of regrouping this team and rebuilding this team and and getting them geared up for a second half push unless he unless he's part of it. And, um, and right now he's got, he's just got so many things that are wrong. And I, th- you know, even though he keeps denying it, even though he keeps saying after the game, well, I know I got to get better. I know I got to get better. And people ask questions about his confidence and he keeps saying, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, he can't possibly be, he can't possibly be. When you look at what his career has been to this point, the four seasons leading up to it. Uh, I mean, it's been up and down, but it's never been this. I mean, he's never been as mistake prone, um, in in rookie like ways uh even as a rookie than he is right now uh and he has to work he has to work through that and he has to get better if his team has a chance to be anything you know anything if they get to look they'll probably win the division because the division is what it is but um for them to actually go into the to win the division actually go into the playoffs with a chance to do something i mean carson wentz has to he can't continue to play like this well i I think the thing that i'm wondering and a lot of other people are wondering is why is he playing like this? I, I mean, it's it's hard to expect him to perform as he did in 2017, but he's not even close to it with the way that he performed last night. 2017 shows that he's much better than this. I don't think 2017 was a fluke because he did play well 
in in the years after, despite his injuries, he did he was playing well. He played really well in December last season, and I guess th- this is just a guy that's not even close to looking like that. So, do, do you have any sense why he's performing as he is? Well, um, uh, two phases to that, Dave. Um, num- number one, he, uh, he hasn't played back to the level of 2017. That's for sure. I mean, he was. I think everybody agrees before his injury, he was the MVP of the league at that time. And he was, he was playing that well. Uh, he hasn't played that well since, but he has played well in stretches. And, uh, you know, last year, you know, last year, I mean, he played all 16 games in a regular season. He rallied the team late in the season, uh, got them to the playoffs, uh, and really seemed to be moving forward with stuff. And he wasn't perfect, and he wasn't as good as he was in 2017. But he was he was playing well. I mean, he was he was playing well, and he was helping to win games because of his play. Um, he, his, he was not particularly accurate. Uh, he was making he, he wasn't you know there were, he was missing open receivers and things like that. But he wasn't making killer mistakes. That was the thing. He wasn't he wasn't making the kinds of mistakes that he's making now. He wasn't throwing interceptions at this rate. Uh, he wasn't making those kinds of mistakes down in the red zone. He wasn't, he wasn't doing things that lose you games. Uh, but he is now, and that's that's the worrisome part of it. And you know, it's not like he's a first year quarterback or a second year quarterback. This is his fifth year. Um, he's doing things that you know he knows better. Uh, to your to the other point of your question, why? Um, I think part of it is uh, he doesn't trust his he doesn't trust his offensive line. He doesn't trust his protection, which I kind of understand when you consider who's been playing in front of him uh, all year. I mean, the only guy he's really had week to week that's a, that's a starter is Jason Kelsey, the center. Everything else has been moving parts. And if you look at the fact that he's been sacked 32 times, which is the most in the league, he's been hit more than any quarterback in the league. He's been pressured more than any quarterback in the league. Even though he tells you he's confidence in the guys up front, he doesn't. And that and that impacts everything else in his game because he doesn't trust he doesn't trust what he sees and he doesn't trust what he feels he he's he's not comfortable uh, with the ball in his hand he's not comfortable trying to stay in the pocket so that's part of it uh, and the other part of it is his receiver core is changing from week to week I mean guys are getting hurt he started the area Deshaun Jackson doesn't have him now he started the area Zach Ertz doesn't have him now he had Dallas Goddard Dallas Goddard's out now Dallas Goddard's back. You know, he had Rager early in the year, then Rager's going, now Rager's coming back. So you combine the fact that he doesn't trust his protection, his protection really isn't very good for the most part, with a bunch of receivers that he hasn't really had a whole lot of time to work with or get comfortable with. Uh, And it means it's an awful lot for him to kind of figure out in the two and a half to three seconds from when he gets the ball to when he has to release it. Uh, And it leads him into hurrying things, and it leads him into making quick decisions and it makes it leads to ultimately making bad decisions and you know you see the you see the ball he threw to Rager last night in the end zone and that's just a terrible pass I mean he's just he he knows better than that but he's just trying to force things he's trying to force things and when you force things and you're playing on a team that's not particularly good but you're trying to be the guy who's going to make the difference and make the plays you wind up making plays like that. You make decisions like that and throws like that that can backfire, even against a terrible team like the Cowboys. The next question that I'm going to ask, I've asked you um, several times before this season, and, and every time you've indicated that it's, it's not time, it's a tough spot to put Jalen Hurts in. Um, it's, it's kind of not fair to him, and, and it's just a difficult spot. But I guess my question is at this point, how close are you to even considering – 
maybe moving to Hurts if Carson continues to play this way. As as the quarterback, as opposed to just a a guy here and there. Yes, as as the as the every down quarterback making making a complete change, and he's now your quarterback. I'm not there. No, I'm not there. Uh, and uh, even last night, even after even after you know some of the mistakes, and after the the second interception, the ball to Hightower, um, when I'm sure in social media people tweeting and texting back and forth. I'm sure there was a lot of stuff flying back and forth that, you know, why don't they put Hertz in? Why don't they put Hertz in? I guarantee you last night that was flying all over uh, social media. Uh, and listen, they were addressing it, uh, you know, they were addressing it on the broadcast. Some of the people in the studio at NBC were asking, you know, is it time to make the move? I don't think so. Um, again, I, I'm going to tell you that I thought that coming into this game, I thought he was, I thought Wentz was trending in a positive direction. Um, I really thought that the Giants game was going to kind of spring for, spring him forward, uh, and he was going to continue to build on that against what I knew was a weak Dallas defense. Um, I wasn't prepared to pull the plug on him because I kept thinking with each possession, given the opponent he's playing, I know he's not playing well, but given the opponent he's playing here, you know, this next series he's going to get it, and he's going to take the ball down the field, he's going to score, and things are going to kind of smooth out here and they'll get the win. I kept thinking every possession he was going to get to that point. Every possession he was going to become that quarterback. Um, and even in the fourth quarter, when it was still a struggle, I kept flashing back to just a week before when they played the Giants. And, you know, you're down six minutes to go, and he rallies you for two touchdowns and wins the game. You, you've seen that. You know he can do that. So I was going to prepare to ride him out throughout the game. Now he never really did get it together. I mean, he you know he started the game poorly and ended the game poorly. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I'm not prepared to move off of him right now because I don't know at this point. I don't know how ready Jalen Hurts is to play. You know, we don't really know. I mean, he's 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 a raw rookie who didn't have very much of a preseason. Uh, we all know that the only he doesn't really get any snaps that matter. He doesn't get that many reps that matter in practice. I mean, all he gets to do is run these little gadget plays. Um, I, I just think you're being, again, I'll, I'll use the term, I think you're being unfair. It would be being unfair to him to put him in this situation because I don't know that he's prepared to deal with it. But um, the other part of it is I think it's on the coaches now to just repair what's wrong with Wentz. I mean, they have to, if they have to in this bye week, they kind of have to strip him down and build him back up again. Um, but he's the guy to, he's the guy for the rest of the season. Unless he gets hurt. I mean, you got to go the rest of the season with him. You got to fu- you got to finish this thing out with him. You just got to make him better. And and factoring in the last eight games and after the Giants, I mean, it. I mean, uh, the Eagles could easily win the division with what do they have now? Three wins, and they have three more division games left. If my math serves me correct, they could easily win the division with six games because they have Cleveland, as you mentioned, they have Seattle. They have uh, they have the Saints. They have Arizona. They have so they have Green Bay. They have difficult games. So Ray, sure. how, how do you feel about this team heading into their bye week? Uh, not very good. Not very good. Uh, I, I think they will win the division because I just think the division is that bad. Um, but the fact of the matter is that that you're the Eagles now, and you've played all those three other teams. And you lost to Washington. You had to come from behind to beat the Giants. And you had to huff and puff and struggle to get by the Cowboys. So what we've seen demonstrated on the field is, yeah, the Eagles are better than those teams. I think they are. 
but they're not a whole lot better. That's that's kind of where you are. So going into the second half of the year, you look at that out-of-division schedule, it's tough. And if they play the way they played against the Cowboys, I don't think they can win any of those games, to be honest with you. It doesn't matter whether they're home or away. If, they, if they're going to play four turnover football, they can't beat quality teams, and those are all quality teams. But if they continue to win in their division, yeah, they'll win the division. Uh, and you know they'll go to the playoffs for the fourth straight year, and I guess that's kind of an accomplishment. But the idea is to go to the playoffs, not just to go to the playoffs, but to go there with a chance to actually do something in the playoffs. And the way they're playing right now, that's very unlikely. I agree with you on that. Uh, Ray, thank you so much for the time as always. Uh, the Eagles are at their bye week, so the next time we will talk is not this Friday, but the following Friday when they get ready to play the Giants up there at MetLife Stadium. Uh, and enjoy the bye, and, and enjoy watching some quality football for a change, unlike the stuff that we've seen for mo- the most, mostly most of the eight games this season. Uh, thanks for the insight, as always. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's always a pleasure, David. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Talk to you in a couple weeks, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger of 94 WIP. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.